Hello and welcome to Allison and Hannah 2. One reason why so many men are single. That makes it sound like we're the reason. <laughs> I'm your host Hannah Wallen here with uh, Badger-in-Chief Allison Teeman. And we're not the reason so many men are single. But tonight we're going to look into it. We're going to start out with a look at an article in which the author laments the concerning phenomenon of single men. Dun dun dun! Uh, and also no. makes a huge mistake. Yeah, and also makes a huge mistake. And the article doesn't specify incels either. It's 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 not. They're not talking about men they think are involuntarily celibate. And uh, this is this is not a progressive left wing article either. So they're just they're just talking about single men. But before we get into uh, why you're not doing what the New York Post thinks you've got to do. Uh, we've got to do what we've got to do. As always, Honey Badger Radio dishes out a smorgasbord of thought-provoking discussions, and as experiences both recent and long past have demonstrated, the provoked thoughts are fighting back. They've made it clear that for people like us, relying on third-party payment platforms like Patreon to fund our work is treading on thin ice, or building our house in the path of a rapidly growing wildfire. In light of this... We strongly encourage our supporters, at least, to switch at least their support for us to FeedTheBadger.com, the most stable way to help us out. And if you want to tip us directly, instead of relying on any social media platform's tip jar, the link for that is FeedTheBadger.com, just the tip. And as always, the same risk applies to our social media platforms, which is why you should further provoke the Thought Police by tracking our thought-provoking discussions on HoneyBadgerBrigade.com, where you can find your way to all of our content, as well as a link to FeedTheBadger.com in the drop-down menu at the top of the page. And with that, let's dig into this article and see what the writer thinks the problem is. Now... Uh Men. Yeah, men. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> men. There's a uh, there's a video at the top, but the video is basically just going to play on its own. Sorry about that. The video is basically just the article, um, like highlights of the article. So there's nothing in it that is not contained in the article. So we're mm. just going to read the article because there's no mm -hmm. point. Um, I'm doing their slideshow of yeah. the article. And, and, and viewing their slideshow of the article, yeah. So, and they start out with cleverness. They're single, but they're not mingling. Um, I, I know that's from something, probably you know, I television, I, that I, at some show I never watched. I just had a, I, I had a flashback. I know this is absolutely ridiculous. Have you ever listened to EL, no, not ELO, um, Oh, goodness, I can't even remember. The Ancients of Mu? Mm, probably they're ancient. They're ancient. No. And, uh, yeah, for some reason, when, when you said they're, they're singles but not mingling, I, for, I, for whatever reason, I flashed to the song The Ancients of Mu. No, I have to. I'll have to look that up. Yeah, but, everybody, yeah. if you have want to, if you want to, uh, a, um, x-ray into Allison's brain just go look up the song about the ancients of Mu <laughs> and, uh, and maybe you'll you'll understand me better I don't think so but if you want to you want to try nobody okay. understands the Allison Inquisition uh... <laughs> <laughs> always takes people by surprise <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. so they say 
New data from the Pew Research Center has shown that 63% of men under 30 are single, up from 51% in 2019. So it, it's, it's increasing, obviously, um, and they're surprised. Like, I, I don't understand how anybody could be surprised in the current legal environment that more men are single. And in particular, I don't know how anybody could be surprised in the current social environment that more men are single. But here we go. So they're going to start looking at COVID. COVID isolation and women's high expectations for something serious are the main reasons they're avoiding going out and coupling up, young guys say. Dates feel more like job interviews now. Much more like, what can you do for me, and where is this going? Said Ian Breslow, uh, a uh, 28-year-old high school teacher who lives in Astoria. Now, gee, I wonder why that would be. Why on earth would, would guys not want to hook up with somebody or partner with somebody that approaches dating like that? What can you do for me, but not... You know, here's who I am, here's what I'm like, what do we have in common, and, and uh, you know, maybe we, can, maybe we can find ways we like each other. None of that. Just, what can you do for me? Like, the getting to know you period is gone, it says, and that doesn't feel so great after coming out of isolation. He recalled a recent first date that went quite well until the woman interrogated him on their walk home. She literally asked me, would you rather our kids go to public or private school? Followed by several more extreme questions about getting married. I just started with responding with what I knew she would hate the most to get her to leave. <laughs> Breslow said. And Breslow told the Post, I... I... <laughs> Have you oh, ever um have you ever been on a date where somebody appears to be uh attempting to annoy you? <laughs> no. I have never experienced that. Like I, I of course I've never approached dating this way. It's you know, you you hang out with somebody with with your friends that you like and you you go out together without the rest of your friends if you really like each other. And you usually do something that the two of you have settled on previously that you both enjoy doing. And, you know, you just see how it goes. There's none of this uh, interrogation. And, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think if somebody I was dating, if I was still dating, if somebody asked me when I was in my 20s about our children... Um, I'd have been like, you know, you're, you're getting ahead of way ahead of me here. Like I haven't even decided whether I'm gonna, you know, hope for a second date. Like this is like, that's just kind of psycho, honestly. Mm, yeah, it is. Uh, and I was, um, I've been reading about this dating business quite a bit that, that you humans do. <laughs> um, and, um, I've been reading up about some of the things that were said and there was one individual one man who decided to go on tinder and he was going to sleep with as many women as possible which you know as you do and um 
apparently he didn't really have a problem with it because every single he was he was somebody who made like a quarter of a million in a year and apparently was yeah. six foot plus and good looking and he he would just date men women not men date women have sex with them ghost them and uh, he said he had no problem with it because all of them every single one of them were only interested in, in him because of his good looks and his wealth and that Jeez. was it yeah mm. and i mean he intentionally went out to do it but um at the same time as that must be pretty rough for a lot of men if you think about it because the ones who are in the top one percent or whatever it is now five percent who actually want to have a partner get to choose from a wide range of women who have only the most shallow interest in them. That's that's the big problem right there. Like I feel sorry yeah. for guys that that are stuck in that situation where women's interest in them doesn't go beyond those two things. And then completely, I guess nobody does this anymore. Nobody finds somebody they like who they don't you know that the, their desire to kill them is less than their the desire to hang out with them you know what i mean yeah. and then just build a life with them you know well what really just... what really strikes me about this is these women aren't thinking about themselves as being um being on an interview they're only thinking about the guy as being on an interview mm -hmm. right they're thinking about um them being able to be picky but I think that's going to change. If if that many men are single, um, there's there's more women than there are men, you know. And mm. one one of the reasons for that is um, men die sooner than women, so yeah. men die off faster. Men die young more frequent more frequently than women do. Um, men die on the job, you know, and things like that. So at every age level of the dating pool there are probably more women than men and the older you get the more polarized that is till you know when you get past like when you're a widow um and and some widows start dating again you know when you're when you're there you're probably looking at a very low ratio of men to women mm -hmm. Uh, because that's where where men haven't survived because they've worked themselves to death or you know they've had health conditions that uh, are hereditary that I, I mostly I think work is the the problem but if they married a woman that wasn't good to them that would be a problem divorce would be a problem you know and mm. so on like all those things contribute to an early death and if they're not encouraged to take care of themselves by the woman they marry that contributes to an early death too and uh, they're they're going to find that they're competing with each other for a small number of available men, and a lot of those men aren't interested in dating. Mm. Yeah. Um. With this particular study, I don't know if we've gotten to it yet, but they actually made a huge mistake. Um. In interpreting the results, everything that I've seen from the Pew Research Center says that it's not that the men aren't. 63% of men aren't electing to be single. They say they're single. So you don't so know if they are single because they can't find anybody or if they're single because they haven't chosen anybody. 
Yes. And um, so what they're doing is they're taking something that may not even be voluntary. Yeah. Like they may not want to be single. And the post is making it out to be an active choice that men are making. Yeah. I Well, and I'm, I'm looking at the people they interviewed, you know, they probably think of this as an active choice, right? But the question becomes, is it, you know, in, in terms of what should a man tolerate in in dating and what should a man expect from a potential partner? And if somebody shows themselves to not be a potential partner through their behavior and he doesn't try to partner with them anyway, um, how much of that can be considered him choosing to be single and how much of that can be considered uh, him discovering that the dating pool is uh, polluted so badly that he really can't he can't find anybody you know like that guy um, that got interrogated for instance like you know if he dated that woman and he married her there is a significant chance that he would be henpecked and eventually she would be dissatisfied because you can't henpeck somebody into um, being who you want them to be like just um, you just just you can't you what all you end up doing is creating an environment in the home that that destroys the relationship and then the woman either starts cheating or she starts um, moving herself out of the relationship without having another guy waiting in the wings usually women will have another guy waiting in the wings um, some women will have a whole bunch of other guys waiting in the wings. It's it's really uh, kind of pathetic. Um, they can't uh, they can't be loyal. Uh, but in any case, like that that result would lead to him ending up divorced. Um, on top of being divorced, he would probably be taken for half of the marital property. She would go after. Uh, if not alimony, you know, she's talking about children. There would definitely be children, whether he wanted them or not. Um, so she would go after child support, and this state would strong arm him, and he would pay child support. She would have custody, because that's the state gives women custody. If he was really lucky, he would have the kids half the time, and still have to pay her child support. So that situation, is it really a choice if a guy figures out that's not a good situation and I can't latch onto this person as a potential partner? Or is that just him seeing the way things are? Yeah. And I was thinking about this as well. In other eras, this kind of mercenary attitude of women was hidden behind men taking an identity from being the thing, you know, having, being the landowner, being the, the, I don't know, the merchant, you know, having, mm -hmm. having this, this was their identity and women were more restricted, particularly in classes where men were expected to achieve more. And so they didn't, I'm guessing it didn't feel quite as mercenary when it was established that this was something that women didn't do or didn't generally do because honestly throughout history any woman who really 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 wanted to do men's work did it yeah like that she wasn't usually stopped that much um 
or stopped at all really and but but the idea that men were the ones who achieved as captains of industry not women actually sort of made this seem probably made this seem less mercenary that that a woman would choose a man who does that because she couldn't do it herself therefore it didn't become something that um is well i mean you make your own money right right why it's just it's just a matter of greed if you want a man who makes even more than you especially when you're comfortable get what i'm saying yeah oh yeah you know when you think about it like from everything that i've learned about the history of marriage um it almost seems like there isn't a legitimate social reason for legal marriage anymore um and uh, when i say that you know, not to upset religious people, but marriage wasn't just invented, like legal marriage was not just invented for spiritual purposes. Legal marriage was invented, I think, to legally transfer responsibility um, for a woman financially, um, like, and her physical welfare, her protection, everything, all those responsibilities that were legally her father's responsibility when she was a girl uh, to transfer those to the husband. Because you really wouldn't need the law to be involved in in marriage um, if you were not using marriage to determine responsibility. And it, it creates a hierarchy, right? The husband is responsible for the household. He uh, feeds the household. Basically, he provides for the household uh, financially, and he is the protector of the household, and then the woman is the steward of the household and the resources that, that the husband brings home. And then the kids are, you know, children, so they're they're caregiven, but it's not really necessary anymore. Um, our husbands are not legally responsible for us unless, you know, uh, you, you count... The things that feminists have preserved from from coverture, which uh, the rest of coverture is gone, a man's authority legally is gone, but he's still financially responsible for his wife even after she leaves him. Um, And that's really not necessary. There isn't anything a man can do, financially speaking, that a woman cannot also do. We can earn anything that we set out to earn as long as we do the same things a man would do. Um, there have been plenty yeah. of times when I've out-earned my husband because the circumstances did not allow for him to earn uh, more money, but they have allowed for me. Even right now, like his his uh, job is more lucrative on a, in terms of steady paycheck, but I have a lot more opportunity for overtime. And so there are plenty of times when I get bigger paychecks and there, it's ridiculous to view me legally as someone that he has to be responsible for and have that not go both ways. So what's the point of a legal marriage? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all, all of this is basically breaking down legally and socially. And we blame well, this particular article once again blames men. But honestly, if you look, walk through all of the situation logically and rationally, yeah. there's absolutely no reason for men to marry. No. Or cohabitate. And um, the truth is that if we don't have a system by which men can 
the average man can somehow fulfill women's hypergamy, women's desire to have men bring something more than they do to the table because women apparently feel like they are enough or they are the table is what they say. I mean, if you don't have, if the society doesn't give the average man some pathway to fulfill that hypergamy, you, you're just not going to have relationships. They're just going to end. And it has nothing to do with men. Like, how are men supposed to all earn a, a, you know, half a million a year? It's not possible. Well, you know, and when, how they are, do, how... when they out earn women, what do women do? Oh, my God, my wage gap. Yeah. And it's like you can either have you can either fulfill like here's here's something that I know that Jordan Peterson said was just sort of disagree with him that, you know, women. well, I guess, you know, you're right. Women have every right to be picky because you have every right to do whatever you want as long as you're not yeah. doing anything to anyone else. Where he screwed up was people have every right to be picky. You should vet your partner for character. You should vet your partner for compatibility and you should be prepared to be um, worthy of the person that you expect to marry you. Yeah, but what I'm getting at is, yeah, sure, women can be picky, but if society gives men, the average man, no means to fulfill that pickiness, it's not his fault. And, yeah. like, here's the thing. You know, the average man is not holding out on some kind of quarter-million-dollar empire, a year empire, Okay. It's just not going to happen for men. And once it does, once the average man is making a quarter of a million, that amount is going to go up to four million. Yep. That, that women want. Because the problem is not with men. It is with society giving no ability for the average man or even the above average man to fulfill women's hypergamy and no expectation that women overcome it and learn to be more reasonable in their desires. Yeah, this is a situation that has been entirely created by um, out-of-control gynocentrism and tolerance for, in particular, women's own solipsistic gynocentrism, where you sort of have this, like, cycle of self-accelerating um, egomania, where women think they're the most important thing you know, and they got to be the most important thing in men's world. And because they act like they should be the most important thing in men's world, um, there's a there's a, a phenomenon when you act like you're important, sometimes there are people that will treat you like you're important even though you're not. And so then the simping happens, and the woman takes that to mean that she was important because obviously nobody would be simping over a dumbass that just you know, came in in sweatpants and, and a, and a t-shirt. Um, but that, that leads to further simping, right? And then you have this cycle where, uh, women just take that as evidence. If anybody, um, is going to treat her that way at all, if one guy simps, she's the most important thing on the planet. Um, and the other th way that that works is, Anybody that doesn't simp, well, she was too good for that guy. Um, obviously, you know, there's, there is no no chance in hell that, that it's her fault. It's all him. And women will convince themselves totally and completely that, you know, any, any criticism, any um, 
dislike of their behavior, any uh, description of them as less than perfect, less than desirable, less than worth uh, everything from a man, um, just confirms that men aren't good enough for them. Well, they don't recognize how important I am. They don't recognize how beautiful and special I am. Um, therefore, you know, there's something wrong with them. Never occurs to most women that being rejected is a result of them not being worthy of the men they're going after. Right? And, and you yeah. know, your, your tits don't last forever. Your face doesn't last forever. Um, you get... You eventually get wrinkles. You get older. You get forgetful. You get less able to do uh, physical things that you used to do. You know, things that... that um, you know, gymnastics in bed or whatever. Uh, and if you don't have a personality to back that up, if you aren't willing to be there for a man when he needs you, if you aren't willing to be someone he can talk to and someone who will talk to him, um, you're SOL. And if a guy identifies that when you're young, that's good. Because then he doesn't have to leave you when you're 50 or 40. <laughs> yeah okay let's get get more of this article in yeah it's a little more crazy so let's see we were at she literally asked me and then experts agree that women are certainly wanting more than ever before right there <laughs> yes they're wanting more than ever before but the thing to remember is that they had everything before the overall picture is that if a woman is going to go on a date with a man, chances are it's not for a casual fling. Uh, that just by itself is not a bad thing necessarily. Um, when you're dating, you should be dating with the idea that uh, the person you're dating could be the person that you decide to settle down with. Um, and, and you shouldn't really be casual about it. But that doesn't mean you should interrogate the guy. Ronald Levant, professor, or maybe that's Levant, Ronald, Ronald Levant, professor emeritus of psychology at the University of Akron, told the Post, especially if the woman is kind of getting close to 30. She's thinking about the biological clock and wants to have a family, he added. <laughs> some, some women have that on the brain. I don't know. I didn't. Um, I wasn't trying to rush into marriage to start a family. It's a dumb idea to do that. Rush into marriage to have a baby. Um, you partner with the wrong person when you do that. Breslow isn't looking to settle down and get married anytime soon, so he'd rather have casual flings. The way dating is currently uh, just makes me want to hook up locally with no stress or strings attached, he says. Fortunately, that comes very easy. I'm unmotivated to search for something serious for the time being. And well, okay. uh, I can't blame him. him. I mean, if, maybe if, you know, honestly, if these women were coming to these guys and being like, you know what, I want to I want to find a friend I can build a life with, I might have a problem with it. But are, are women doing that? Or are they coming to, oh, he's attractive and he's wealthy? Um, yeah. Therefore, the most shallowest reasons I'm going to express an interest and expect that our sexual adventures are going to lead to something more. Mm. 
No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, is is a woman who leads with that is is she is she a partner you even want? No. You know, honestly, like I think most women right now, I can I can agree with this guy. Most women are not a partner you would want, and I can't understand why um, why nobody's speaking up but us about that. I mean, I think. You know, other other MRAs are speaking up about it, obviously, but aside from the men's rights movement, even conservatives haven't figured out that today's women in general are not women of good character. They're not, um, they're not mature. They're not, they don't grow up at all. They don't grow up as much even as women did during the 1980s. And that was not what I would consider today full adulthood. It certainly wouldn't be full adulthood if a man acted like that, right? So, I Yeah, I mean, could you imagine, like, that... a guy, like, puts his profile, um, I want a woman with big knockers, uh, a very beautiful, has an inheritance, no one else need apply. Yeah. You know, he would be skewered for being shallow and a gold digger, greedy, and yet, it's the same. It's like you don't. You're not out there. You don't. You you don't. You're not looking for a partner to build a life with. Then you're not looking for a partner. That's right. Well, okay. You know, we had we had this um, thing happen during the '70s that, like, none of these men can even be condemned for this, really. Um, '60s and '70s, I guess you could say, a sexual revolution where women were told that they could approach dating that way. Oh, I just want to hook up. I don't want anything serious. I'm not going to commit to a guy. I just want to sleep with a whole bunch of guys. La la la. Nothing could go wrong with that. You know, seven STDs later and uh, three abortions. And she's like, why won't anybody bury me? Um, and there might be a reason, she, you know, you might look well-worn. You might sound well-worn and you might be a little bit jaded. And men might sense that, not want anything to do with you. And what we had during the 1980s and 90s, uh, when, you know, when I was growing up, um, as a result of that, you know, when I was growing up in, in the ages of being old enough to date and eventually building my own relationship and getting married, uh, you know, with my husband, uh, was, it was unusual for someone to date with the idea that, you know, this person I'm dating might be my life partner. This might be the person I settle down with. Like, on the first date. That, you know, I'm not going to do anything stupid and, and mess things up in case they're not. But I'm going to take seriously, you know, what what's the personality like that I'm with? Am I a good fit for this guy's personality? You know, and things like that. Rather than just being, you know, oh, this is a nice, fun fling. We're going to go do fun things and not think about each other as people who might be potential partners and stuff. Um, it's it's It got really sad. Uh, it got to the point where people were just using each other for sex, but calling each other friends with benefits. And And then in the 2000s, it got worse. And hookup culture led to feminists calling pretty much all dating rape culture. Um, I don't consider it to be rape culture. I think uh, women have personal agency, and if you decide you're going to do something and then you do it, that's not somebody else's fault. 
but uh, but that's where we are and that led to this situation where when it comes to partner seeking now it's men who are jaded yeah and I can't blame them for that also I'm I have zero sympathy for any woman who goes into the dating scene with any other desire than to find a life partner. And what I mean by that is find someone who you are compatible with, you know, and build a life with them, not find a man who already has a life that then you can latch onto like a parasite. Yeah. You don't deserve any sympathy. If you don't find what you want, you deserve no sympathy because you don't want a partner. That's not what you're there for. So you're, you're looking for something that you don't deserve to have fundamentally unless you are um your idea of building a life is homesteading while he you know earns now but i mean what i'm trying to get at is that that's such a level of entitlement and this idea that you deserve to be put in a mansion and have staff why you know you deserve a man who makes five times more than you why and that's not a partner. And if you're not looking for a partner, I don't care if you don't find one. Yep. Like, why should I? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, it's like I said in the uh, the video on uh, proxy violence that I just made. You know, ladies, you told all the men to fuck off. Why are you even showing interest? You know, why are you even asking that question? Where are all the good men? Where have all the good men gone? You kicked them out. You told them to go away. You told them to fuck off. Ta-da! They did. Now well, you're screwed. And not in the and way you wanted. To pay. And suddenly you also want a man to, to fund your lifestyle. It's it, yeah. Both ways, no. That's just going to break society and that's exactly what we see happening. Yeah. And I, you know, mm. I, I feel sorry for women who are genuinely traditional, not women who are, you know, the neo-tradcon uh, idea of the submissive wife because that's bullshit. That thing never existed. And um, creating that now is like creating um, Frankenstein and saying, look, I made a man. Uh, no, you animated a corpse um, of an imaginary creature. From, from parts that you took from different aspects of, of social narratives, and that's never existed in real life. Um, there's never been such a thing as a woman whose only responsibility in life is to cook and clean house, and uh, never, you know, and, and please her husband and never do anything else. Um, there have been women who have done those things as part of their responsibilities, right? And and their responsibility was for a and running the home as a business. Um, and they had a lot more responsibility on top of that. But then, again, that was in a uh, time period when if you were going to do the laundry, you didn't have an electric washing machine to do it for you. And when you were going to cook, you didn't have all of the electric gadgets to do your mixing and your pureeing and, and your food processing and all of that. And you might not even have um, a, a very advanced oven you know, or stovetop. Um, a lot has changed since it was necessary to have a, a woman in the home to steward the entire household. 
and not do anything else. And there's not really any reason why you have to do that now. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, homemakers who um, really put their hearts and souls into creating a great environment for husband and, and kids aren't doing something special and important. But what I am telling you is, if you're gonna, if you're going to make that your life, you know, do it in a way that's different than just working half the day and relaxing the rest of the time. And I, this has been this way for a long time. My mom, back in the 80s, did not have to put all of her energy into the household in order to maintain a clean house and a, a well-fed family and things like that. She put a lot of energy into other things. And most of the moms I know now that, that you know, most of the moms I know that are, people would call them stay-at-home moms, don't stay at home. Um, and most of them are people I've met online. Like, in person, most of the moms I know are working moms. But uh, most of the women that would call themselves homemakers get involved in the PTA, they get involved in other local community organizations who uh, exist for the purpose of creating a better environment within their neighborhoods and their communities for their children to play in, for, you know, their their families to live in, whether it's it, things like uh, preserving historical uh, buildings or, you know, preserving the uh, the plant life in their area or creating a communal garden or, like, they do all kinds of things. But these women that make it make themselves famous being a rich guy's wife or a high uh, paid guy's highly paid guy's wife who does nothing but cook and clean and uh, run around in a dress like you'd see on TV um, in the TV shows in the 50s they're not living a tradition they're creating a uh, an image and it's not really necessarily a good one yeah. Shall we uh, do a bit more? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at these comments. I know. We're fighting about it in the comments. It's like, no, well, you know, um, if you don't give men a, a, the, a reasonable, the average man a reasonable means to fulfill women's hypergamy, and you don't challenge women on their hypergamy, then you, your society is not going to see a lot of pair bonding. Right. And unfortunately for a society that bases its entire existence around a currency it is p the formation of family and the development of uh of productivity through the formation of family that supports a currency so we may find that this this is a very untenable position to be in yeah <laughs> financially economically <sighs> but okay let's uh, let's go Let's do this. All right. Andrew Bruno, 28-year-old nurse from Baltimore, New York, says flirting in the post-COVID era just isn't as fun as it once was. Being able to naturally approach people while, while out isn't like it was pre-pandemic. People are still much less likely to have their, uh, to leave their groups or cliques at a bar, says Bruno, and they're certainly less talkative and that's lowered my incentive to put myself out there. Um... I would say in the last two years, there's been another change they may not be talking about here, but we'll see. I'll go on a little further. He also said the pandemic, more than ever before, made dating apps the central means for meeting people. And he's not a fan. 
that just really isn't my style. Like, there is a week, uh, weeks-long prerequisite before you can think about getting involved, even for casual things, Bruno said. I'd rather take all that effort and put it toward my career. And, like Breslow, he's in no hurry to get hitched. I'm still very young, Bruno said. I don't feel a need to rush, especially if people don't act as naturally as they did before COVID. Why would I put it all out there for someone who can't or won't hold a conversation? So, yeah, they're not, he's not going to bring it up. They're going to, the next thing they're mentioning is social skills. So one of the things I'm going to point out is while everybody was locked down and people were not engaging with each other in public places, feminists took the opportunity to promote bald-faced lies about dating and relationships and how men approach women and how, um how women want to be approached or don't and so now you have this situation where women pretty much treat being approached at all as sexual harassment unless they really wanted that guy to approach them but they don't give him any sign that they want him to approach they won't approach him and uh, he has no way of knowing that uh, if he approaches a woman she's not going to treat him as a sexual harasser. So, you know, why would why would guys approach women in that environment? Why would they take that risk, especially when they're looking at women who view them as a commodity or the producer of a commodity rather than viewing them as potential partners? Like, what is their point there? What is the point? Why would they do that? And uh, I and like that's not even discussed in this article. Um, feminists no. feminists have done quite a bit of damage in the last three years. I don't think conservatives realize what has happened, and they aren't going to catch up to it um, until it is too late. Is New York Post more of a conservative? They are. They're they're fairly neutral, but not always. And mm. I would say they lean more conservative um, mm. than neutral. They don't lean left. Uh, and mm. so that's um, that's one thing. Well, the problem with conservatives is that they have this compulsion to blame men constantly. And they don't they don't seem to have it in their repertoire or in their toolkit that, OK, maybe this is something beyond men's control that just it, we can't do it they can't do it and if you hamstring men you don't allow them to have relationships uh, and this more than just like uh feminism breaking up all of the ways that men can interact with each other without women it's also to be honest the the how to say this in a way that won't offend people the stigma around male friendships and seeing them as homosexual, which comes out of the stigma around male sexuality that isn't in other cultures. Um, so that kind of that kind of panic is also destroying the relationships between men. If you want to enforce all of this, which is completely arbitrary, that's the other thing. I mean, uh, Christians have a whole laundry list of stuff in their religion that's really just cultural and ultimately pagan in origin than it is 
actually Christian, it seems. And a lot of that stuff is promoting attitudes that make this all worse, including the attitude that, well, if there's a problem, then we'll just get men to fix it. Men can't fix this problem. I mean, even when men say, hey, uh, we're not capable of living up to women's hypergamy anymore. Uh, they're called incels and silenced. How are they supposed to fix a problem they can't even talk about without being socially ostracized? I will say this is not just a Christian problem or just a conservative problem because what you said I'm at not the beginning about that. conservatives is true about left, right, libertarian, yeah, I know. up, down, everybody. Yeah, I know. Much I'm, I'm saying the that they also. Movement. I'm not yeah. saying that they are the only ones. I'm saying they also do it. But it does. It does tend to prove that there is no political faction outside the men's rights movement that you can say this faction is the answer to men's rights issues because all of them have this problem oh well that th there's no faction where you can say this is the answer to the problem because the funny right. thing is that this is this is this is the, this disconnect between men and women is the source of all of the shit that we're dealing with and no political position can actually manage it or even hope to make a difference without holding women to account and taking taking a break from blaming men. Yeah. That's it's just we're just going to continue to roll downhill with this and it's going to get worse because like I said, I mean right now our buffer is the fact that the US and I'm not singling out the US, the entire west is all relying on this is the world currency. That's it. That yeah. is the that is the Tower of Babel that we're all relying on to continue to exist in this state. And when it falls, and it will, I don't know if it's going to be a rapid fall or I don't know if it's going to be 50 years from now, but when it does, it's going to expose the fact that the West has nothing. We aren't productive anymore. We don't form families anymore. We're a hollow shell of a civilization with nothing inside. And usually currencies are valuable because other countries can trade for goods that that country produces. What the fuck does the West produce? I'm not, I'm not singling out the U.S. in this. I just, what does Canada produce? Yeah, at this produce? point, it's feminism. What do any of us political produce? ideas. That's it. Yeah, crazy, crazy political, political ideas. ideas. And uh, women who have no interest in forming the fundamental units that prop a, cur a currency. Like, yeah. it's, it, okay, currency is an emergent property of the formation of families. And, and um, you I mean, you can break them apart and make people use more money in their lives, but productivity comes from the desire to produce. And the desire to produce comes is a part of family formation. Why do birds make nests? Why do squirrels uh, acquire um, walnuts or whatever the hell those things, all acorns, you know? Why does any mammal or any animal on the planet produce more than it consumes? Family! You don't have family formation. Your culture is not producing more than it consumes. Nobody's going to be interested in its currency eventually because they're not going to get anything from it. Yeah. Everything comes down to fixing this problem. And again, the conservatives are saying, well, men, will you do something? Well, they can't. Unless you want men to pick up a club and go clubbing with that club and drag a woman home by her hair, they cannot fix this family formation problem based on women's out-of-control hypergamy. Unless there is a way to rein it in.
this is and this is a much bigger problem. This is this is much bigger than the right and the left. And neither the right or the left has any means to address it. And they and you got everybody should be scared shitless that this is happening. Because this is our countdown, friends. That number you see of singles is the countdown to the end. And eventually Countries around the world are going to realize what the fuck? What are what are we bankrolling here? They don't make anything. They export crazy shit. They don't even make good stories anymore. What the fuck are we bankrolling? You know what? We're turning off the switch. The West can go dark, and the human civilization can now be centered in the BRICS nations. And nobody, it, none of neither of the two sides are looking at this, and even the Greens. Like, the worst thing that could happen environmentally, look at Ohio, the worst thing that can happen environmentally is for us to fuck up our system of, of making men take responsibility for ensuring that society runs properly. That is the worst environmental mistake the human race could make because it will be a cascading series of, of environmental disasters as a result of that. So this issue is the critical linchpin issue. We don't deal with it. It is going to screw us. And I don't see any commentators actually pointing this out. It, it doesn't matter left, right, doesn't matter. It doesn't even freaking matter communist, libertarian. If we do not have productivity to argue over, then it won't matter. We'll all just be poor. Okay. That is that is absolutely true, and and when you get to it, when you get down to it, um, if we can't fix the relationship between the male population and the female population to the degree at least that individual men and women can identify uh, commonalities and reasons to partner up in marriage, or you don't even have to have a legal status for that. You don't really need the government to be involved. You can form families without any government involvement at all. It takes commitment. And government involvement is no substitute for that. But uh, if men and women cannot even find a way to do that, we're fucked. Um, yep. The and end I, of the I, article, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this in just because it's an interesting point. Um, for Mike M., a 25-year-old in Queens, it's his, not the opposite sex's, social skills that are still battling a bad case of long COVID. This is the author's conclusion, um, based on what he said. Right? I definitely can't walk into a room and go talk to someone I, I'm interested in, like I used to be able to. It feels like my outgoingness has suffered some atrophy. Mike, who withheld his last name out of embarrassment, told the Post. He's also having less sex than he did pre-pandemic. Um, I have definitely been going... Oh, this is... There's more of this article. Okay, I have definitely been going online to take care of my urges uh, more than I have um, by seeing people, Mike admitted. He feels as though the, he, he lost two prime years in his early 20s of being able to date and have fun without worrying about being in a serious relationship. Now he's under pressure to find a long-term commitment, but can't put himself out there. 
I also feel like I'm caught between two worlds, he said. Ultimately, I've just been crashing and have had neither lately. Now, I want to point out, they had one guy who said he's been satisfying himself with online um, searches or whatever more than he has with people. One guy. But they blamed porn for this problem. And what that is essentially saying is, if men have any access to satisfaction outside of relying on women um, to, you know, to give it to them, relationships um, to, to give it to them, then they won't, they won't be with women. That's, that's their conclusion. Not to blame, like, it, if somebody said to me, being around you is such a terrible experience that I'd rather uh, look at pictures on the internet, I would feel like either there was, uh, you know, something already wrong with that person, or there was something wrong with me. If a lot of people said to me, that uh, they'd rather look at pictures on the internet than than spend time with me, uh, that that would indicate that the problem would be with me. Um, this is something one of my coworkers pointed out in regard to to a situation at one point. If you know if there's drama between two people, you can't always tell who's at fault. But if there's lots of drama and it all centers around one person obviously that person is the problem. And this is the situation with, with women. There's lots of issues. Everything from men not not uh trusting women and they don't they don't have any reason to, right? Men not being able to speak to women, men not being able to identify with women, um, you know, and and women not being prepared to commit to men or accommodate men or be intimate with men. Like, they'll have sex with them physically, but not be emotionally intimate. Or even uh, like them. You know, no, not even like them. They just want to... They, they think that's the lure to get them to uh, share their wealth, right? Yeah, this is the thing. Like, the what women come to women. What women come to this to with an, a desire for an actual partnership. Let's let's put, let's be frank. What women, what these women in general, women who are looking exclusively for looks and wealth, and then also do not want to have to do all of the little tasks to keep their their high um, high maintenance or high functioning racehorse in the race, because that's the other thing. You know, like uh, maybe a super feminine woman is capable of doing all the things necessary to keep a high high um, powered man in operation. They don't want to do that. He should be self-maintaining. So he should do he should he should be doing 90 to 100% of the work of the relationship. At that point you don't want a partner. You want a machine that fulfills all of your needs. That's not partnership. So these women yeah. are not approaching this even from the, the the article says well women want to se-. no you don't. That's not settling down. Is settling, you know, that word? That means you have to provide something. That's what settling means, that you have to start looking at what you provide if you want a partnership. You have to meet them halfway or however much way you agree upon. That's a partnership. They're not looking for that. They're not looking for that at all. They're not looking for marriage. They're not looking for a relationship. They're not looking for a partnership. 
They're looking for somebody to function as a needs vendor, like a vending machine that, that ejects their needs. And that's it. That's not partnership. It's not yeah. even a human connection. You so can't what... build a life if one of the builders is always on smoke break. Yeah, that's a good point. Like you cannot build anything. And that's not what they're there for. Like this is the this is a decline in that. And if they're not after a partnership, like I said, why should I be sad for them that they're not getting what they're not after? And how can you blame men? Because men still are after a partnership. Those men who are coming into this, they still want a life partner. They're still willing to put half up. And I mean, what what do women bring? The the modern women. The modern women, they don't even like men. Like most of them seem to think that men are abysmal creatures, you know, that, they, that, that they're responsible for all the ills in the world, that their identities are toxic, that they're horrible, nasty people or uh, creatures whose sexuality is unfulfilling. It's like, okay, well, so essentially what a woman brings to the relationship is a belief that men are orcs, you know, yeah. uh, uh, from, from the depths of hell. And uh, any kind of thing that she does, she's going to resent because he should be doing everything for her. And also he should be in the top 5% of wealth and looks. Like, no, that's a little, that's not even pick. Okay. Jordan Peterson says women have a right to be picky. Okay, fine. You have a right to be picky. But what you're picking is not a relationship or a partnership. So, yeah, uh, good luck with that. That's not what you want. You don't want a man. You want a utility. And I don't think, and I think men have every right to be resentful of that and to be like, you know what? I'm opting out. I'm not interested in being some woman's utility. What, who, like, who would want that for themselves? And and the, it, the truth is not many men have ever wanted that for themselves. Um, they've always, there's always been in the past the reward of a partner, not just a, an accessory or a dependent. And I think women have forgotten how to be partners. I, I think they've forgotten how to, um, how to relate to men as human beings you know, with with experiences and thoughts about those experiences and feelings about those experiences that are legitimate. Well, that's handmaiden shit, right? Right. That's, that's uh, being a cool girl, a chill girl. Uh, you know, being a pick me is the is the skill of being able to relate to men because men do have a little bit of their they have their own kind of way of looking at the world. That skill of being able to understand it and be sympathetic to it in women is now also condemned as yeah. being slutty somehow you know psychologically slutty just dirty dirty yeah it's like well, okay so what do men get out of this at all <laughs> really nothing you know, and uh, the, you know the situation when women get get confronted with this this is why we're hearing about, oh, it's because of porn, oh, it's because of dating apps, oh, it's because of this, oh, it's because of that. Because you cannot look at women um, as, a, as an agent in the actions that bring about a consequence. Like, to the extent that 
even when those other things are not involved. Well, no, this guy's not using dating apps, and he's not, you know, looking at porn online. He's, uh, well, he must be depressed. Well, he must be gay. Well, he must be this. Well, he must be that. Um, they they will not consider the possibility, you know. They'll they'll blame us. They'll blame women who recognize that this is not a fair situation for men, and uh, they'll blame the men's rights movement at large um, for for telling men this is not a fair situation for them. They'll blame incel ideology, as if that's a. It's it's really hard to call noticing that people have been callous toward you an ideology. Um, but that's that's what they call it, an ideology. Gosh, I have noticed that society is mostly made up of assholes that treat people like me as though we are dirt under their feet. You have an ideology. You're dangerous. No, not blind. Just not blind. Being not well, blind maybe. is dangerous now. If what you're not blind to is the fact that society is disintegrating and during their disintegration they are mistreating you. If you're a man. Yeah, well, like, all they know is to beat the horse. That's it. Yeah. That's all they know. The they beatings don't know will continue to... until a morale improves. They don't know how to feed it properly. They don't know how to whisper to it. They don't know how to train it. All they know how to do is just beat it. Beat it and beat it some more. And they would um, never consider letting it uh, free from captivity. No, of course not. Um, okay, so I think we're at the end, so I just want to point... Oh, I shouldn't have used the E word. I just want to point out that the article does make a mistake, and it's pretty. it's a pretty dumb mistake. Um, nowhere in the Pew Research does it say that 63% of men are electing to be single. Yeah. That would be just too positive news, as far as I'm concerned. Um, because, I, honestly, in today's day and age, the... You know, other eras, men were called upon to get shoved into a wood wood chipper to preserve society. What men need to do to preserve society today is to start holding women to standards. <laughs> That's it. Yep. And and the right ones too. And the right uh, ones too. Yeah. But the very I, least, hold them to the standard of liking men and yeah. not blaming them. Because there are, there are people who will tell you, you know, all men want... Um, well, like, they're arguing about that in the comments. Oh, men men have too high a standards. They all want Instagram models. Folks, that oh, is shit. not a high standard. That is a misguided standard. Wait Most a second. of the people uh, that I have, uh, you know, like, read about their lives and the way they act and everything, uh, if their main job is Instagram model, they are not the kind of person that you want in your life. I will tell you that also, right now. You are asking for an egomaniac. Aren't there a lot of plus-sized and even average-looking Instagram models? I don't know. I The ones that make the news are not, for the most part. Um, it's no, They're like all sort of, of these cookie-cutter, uh, moderately curvy, not, not slim, but not super overweight. Um, they get paid to try on different kinds of makeup or show these types of food that they're eating and everything. Like, and I, you could almost, almost say that a, if a woman even has an Instagram, she's too egotistical for you. It's not entirely true. Like, you know, I, you can, you can, um, put other things besides yourself on Instagram. For instance, 
Uh, although I don't actually do anything with the account, I have an Instagram, and it's full of memes. Like, there's not really, like, oh, I think this is, this is, this is very uh, poignant meme. I'll put that on here, and then anybody that sees it, like, I, I don't know, if, um, I think it's the same handle as my Twitter handle, but it's, I haven't updated it in so long, I can't remember, I would have to log back in and look. I think I followed, I've, I've only followed people that I saw tweet out their Instagram <laughs> So, okay. like three people. But the point bit point is, um, these these commenters. The one says unreal, uh, unrealistic expectations and standards on both ends. A lot of guys want Instagram model types. A lot of girls want tall, dark, and handsome and rich. Um, it's not equal, right? Nope. The tall, dark, handsome, and rich guy has to produce something to get rich, mm -hmm. or provide a service to get rich or invest wisely to get rich, or manage um, a resource, like people, wisely to get rich, right? The Instagram model gets rich by showing her tits and ass, by having a pretty face, by faking a pretty lifestyle, uh, you know, or, or by being politically controversial in some way or another, not by producing anything, anything, of value. There is no value at all to Instagram. Instagram <laughs> could disappear today. Like, there could be no more Instagram tomorrow. Completely and totally just no more Instagram. People forget that it ever existed. There would be nothing lost in the world. Nothing. At all. Spicy words. So, I, words. like... And and I wouldn't care, you know, would I lose a bunch of memes? No, I've got those on my computer. <laughs> They're all on my hard drive. I could put you them up somewhere else. Right? Instagram can implode now. Yes, I like I don't I haven't lost anything. Right? And it's <laughs> not like um it's not like I go on Instagram to look and see how many people have checked out my memes because I don't care. You know, maybe some people Just might a enjoy humble them. Meme farmer. Right? That's me, the humble meme farmer. But, you know, again, it's not equal. It's not an equal situation. No, Women no. are seeking a provider when they look for the tall, dark, handsome, and rich guy. They are seeking more than just a decoration on their arm. Men, when they look for the Instagram model type, are looking for a pet. Someone they have to upkeep, entertain, watch over, and protect, and manage. Because those mm. are ego machines that, if you don't manage them, are going to wreck your life. Better get a dog. At least you got loyalty. All yeah. right. Well, anyway, so ultimately they made a mistake. It's not 63% of men have elected to remain single. It is 63% of men identify as single, which is a big difference. Because one is blaming men for a situation that may be well out of their control. And um, apparently the real message which we covered a couple weeks ago is that there, there's been a significant decline in in the number of men who are looking um it's still higher than women it's 35 percent of women who are single and there are far fewer single women i don't know how that works logistically but apparently it's true um well you have seen or, the meme online right of the woman with four baby daddies for one baby mm. hmm okay and I'm no sure there are reverses of that, 
with the rich guy that has four women who think they're his lady. Mm. And then there's also a lot of instances where the guy doesn't think he's in a relationship, but the woman does. So women will say they're in a relationship when they're not. Mm. Yeah, that's probably true, too. We need to hook him up to uh, lie detectors and find out what's really going on. But the problem is that the way that the Post frames this is actually inappropriately affording men more agency over this situation, which everybody likes to do that. Men like to prefer to see themselves as having agency over a situation. Women prefer to see themselves as, as being in need of saving. I wanted to put one thing out there before we do anything further. In hunter-gatherer societies, and hunter-gatherer societies are excellent case studies in what human beings do when they're at the very razor's edge of survival. The most, the, the best hunter is paired with the most productive woman, like the most materially productive woman. So the best gatherer and the best um, weaver, etc. And I think why they do that is, first of all, it incentivizes the overall productivity of the, of the community, because that's what makes people capable of surviving in a hunter-gatherer situation is when the productivity of each individual member is maximized. But I think it also reduces resentment because um, each of them are contributing in equally different spheres, but equally to the, the material well-being of the other. Um, Anyway, I just wanted to point that out there that throughout most of human history, men and women have incentivized each other's productivity in this culture. Uh, and that ha- that is, if you want to look at the way to structure things that is most efficient, you look at how people who die if they aren't efficient structure, efficient structure things. That's why I'm looking at the hunter-gatherers example. And that's how they structure things. Men incentivize women's productivity and women incentivize men's productivity. And that's now how, that's not how our society do, is it? Nope. No, No. we've gotten to a point where the result of that has actually been a complete loss of productivity as well. Um, Yep, which isn't even captured by statistics. We have an anti-work movement now. There is an anti-work movement. Um, I don't think previous generations would have ever even thought of anything like that. It would be an alien concept, and if you gave them a description of what it is and why it exists, they would call you crazy. Because they had partnerships, and they had families, and they needed resources for those families. And work was how that happened. Work was how you got those resources. <laughs> like, yeah, that was, I've heard of that. Yeah, they would, they, would just, they would just have their minds blown if you went to your ancestors and said, you know, in my time, there's an anti-work movement. They would say, you- how are you supposed to get food? <laughs> They, uh, I was looking at the statistics and I, I noticed that the how they figure productivity, and it's the, I'm, I'm talking about the American economy. I am not singling out the US. I, this is true about all the West for the most part. The way that they look at productivity is gross sales numbers. But here's the issue if an American firm purchases product in China and then resells it to America, that's considered productivity. Is that productivity? No. Really? No. It's not. So 
we are we are sitting on a serious problem and then we're, then there's also the the stuff or the, the 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 stuff coming out where the old guys who are retiring are the only ones who know how to actually manage the utilities and the infrastructure yeah that's really you know, and scary. they're not being they're not being replaced by people who are being taught by them you know they they're being replaced by diversity hires and you know you know diversity is fine if it doesn't impact meritocracy and if it, it doesn't mean that you're getting rid of the men who are responsible for keeping everything running in the past like this there's is, this another is problem that's happening and i don't think i've seen a single article about it but i've seen it happen in the workplace and i've seen it happen in multiple workplaces right you have a workplace environment that has been around for years or maybe even decades um, a particular store, a particular factory, uh, a medical environment, doesn't matter. It's a, it's a long-standing work environment, has established practices. Um, the practices are, are sound, and the reasons that they work have not changed, right? So the, the, the thing that the practices um, are created to accomplish still is being accomplished, and it still needs to be accomplished. And and this will this will be the existing situation, and a lot of times those practices um, were established by men or more masculine managers in the past upon observing factors within the workplace. Um, X happens, we need to do Y to make sure effect Z doesn't occur. Or X happens, we need to do Y to make sure effect Z does occur because it's supposed to, you know. And that's the way it's been all this time. Along comes brand new Gen X or younger um, self-absorbed manager. And uh, this brand new Gen X or self-absorbed manager is new at management um, thinks of themselves as a young firebrand, thinks of themselves as being uh, the solution to all things wrong with the company. And there will be things wrong with the company, but she won't address those things. She looks at the established policy and procedure that that has been working in that work environment for 10, 20, 30, 50 years and decides, I'm going to remake this in my own image and it will make me the most important manager that's ever been here. And then when it doesn't go well, blames the workers and you lose a whole set of people. And I've seen it happen in multiple environments where this new egotistical woman will come in and if something was in place before her, it has to be wrong. Uh, and and then if her changes don't work, something has to be wrong with the other people that were also there before her. And uh, that's that's destroying um, quite a bit of the workplace as well. And I don't know if anybody's going to write about that. Um, I don't know if people are understanding that that's happening. Um, and I don't know if they realize how gendered it is because I've... I've never seen a man do that. Like, they're usually satisfied to leave well enough alone. They come in, they observe. If something is working, they don't touch it. If something isn't working, they come up with ideas. Um, 
but they don't just like come in and decide to take their witch's broom and sweep everything out and start anew. Uh, and so that's kind of an interesting. That's okay. kind of an interesting uh, side issue in the workplace. You have that going on. You have um, men being replaced with women that aren't necessarily qualified to do the jobs. They don't have a degree in it. They don't uh, have formal training in it. They're not. If it's um, if it's uh, a trade, they haven't learned from a tradesman. Um, they have a degree in something else. Uh, you know, uh, or they're a diversity hire. And we are going to see a reckoning in multiple fields because of this. Um, and, and it is, in the next 10 years, going to end up... There are going to be people writing articles about why doesn't anything work right anymore? Um, why can't anybody get anything done anymore? Why do we keep having these problems with our utilities and our food supply and our health care well, it's because you put dis or not disqualified but unqualified women into the position, and then you didn't hold them accountable for learning how to do to do the job. Even then, that's why. Well, yeah. What do you think happens when you promote all of this language about how you know the 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 way things were run is patriarchy needs to change? You don't man don't let the man explain. Lean in, girl boss. Yep. Like this is this is what happens when you you give these people this level of power and then tell them that they don't have any accountability to listen to anybody but themselves, and then offload blame when it doesn't work out. Like this is if you could train these people to be sleeper agents to destroy everything that you couldn't do it better than this. No, no, and and they'll walk in like they own a place and then they destroy it and then they blame everybody else. It can't be their fault. They're women. Look at what, the, uh, I forget her last name, the, the cop who managed to sleep with, all, with like 60% of the, oh my of God. the police force of a yeah, didn't she? County. Didn't she come out and pretend that her choice to sleep around was imposed on her by the, the, the men? Yeah, you see Karen, or sorry, Hannah. Yeah. You see Hannah, they, it That's was definitely her. definitely not an insult. They were too sexy. <laughs> like, they were too sexy. Yeah, they they. they she she claims to have been groomed, which, it like, I, that's so insulting. How was she like? They that's, is there any allegation that they came together in some kind of conspiracy to groom well, her? Because here's the thing: it seems like they, she approached she's, them all separately. She's an adult, right? Yeah. So, grooming is gaslighting that is specific to a child. It's a, it's a form of gaslighting that is designed to prevent a child from activating the defense mechanism, go get parent. Okay, so you cannot groom an adult for sex. An adult has stand up for self as a mechanism. You can try to override that, but an adult also has be savvy as a mechanism. Children do not have that. Like, they may no, be they savvier than you think they are, on, you know, in some circumstances, but they're not savvy. Adults are. So, she, when she claims to be groomed, she is insulting every woman on the planet and every man on the planet because she is calling every woman on the planet children. 
and therefore every man on the planet, uh, you know, caregivers of children or pedophiles. Like there yeah, is no, 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 there, no, there, there is no grooming absolutely. an adult. No, there should absolutely be. If you are a legal adult as a woman, you do not get to use the term grooming. Okay. Look, just take responsibility. You were horny for whatever reason you were attracted to these guys. Like personally, I, I think you could probably have resisted them. I, I'm not seeing like an unspeakable level of you know masculine pulchritude from any of the men she chose. No. Like, seriously. Uh no no offense to those guys, but like <laughs> she was horny. And they didn't, I, I, how can she say, since each one of these incidents happened separately, how could they have groomed her? Like, did they share in some kind of hive mind? Some kind of, some kind of quality that they all engaged in? And I can't see it except having a penis. Oh, yeah, God. You anyway, really, honestly, you really can't. There's no logic to her statement. You really can't no. view it through logic. It is and it this is Fierce this is something that women, Yeah, this is this is something that women have been condoned in doing for so long that I think many of them have simply flat out forgotten how to view themselves as as agents that that uh their actions matter. Mm. It's it's why a woman can um, talk about like reproductive rights from the perspective that the fetus has more agency than she does. Right? That is why women are able to talk about uh, marriage and sex in gold digger terms and then play victim when a man calls her a gold digger. Just because I only value you for your wallet doesn't mean I'm a gold digger. Yes, actually, it does. It means exactly that, you stupid bitch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like okay, low IQ there. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, well, they you know, but they're being a victim of having an an archetype applied to them correctly. You yes, see. exactly. Like Ugh. you know, you you value a man for his personality. Uh, then no, we won't. We won't call you a gold digger, you know. Unless you can say his personality is gold, then you know. Then it's not bad to be called that. But if you're gonna only value a guy's wallet and then get mad when somebody calls you a gold digger, then you are stupid. Okay, if you're only gonna value a man for his utility in your life, then you are. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is there even a word for that? Like you exploitation. don't exploitation. And, and yeah, honestly, you're just an exploiter. Yeah, that's that's your if you're only valuing a man for his utility in your life, you are not looking for a partner. You are looking for a slave. Yeah, you're looking for a machine. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, at that point, I mean, like I, I'm going back to Jordan Peterson saying women can be pay as picky as they want. Well, okay, that's fine. But if what if woman's pickiness is leading her to only desire a utility in her life, then she doesn't want a partner. Yeah. And quite honestly, this isn't this isn't hasn't been the deal throughout all of human history or most of human history. That hasn't been the deal. Men and women have partnered and built a life together. 
right? They haven't, this, this, men haven't been a utility. And you can see this very clearly, again, with hunter-gatherer societies. The women aren't sitting on their asses while the men hunt. They are preserving the food. They're making tools. They're gathering what they can gather. They're doing small hunting or, or gathering like mussels on the shore or whatever. They are being productive as well. And it's structured so the man's productivity incentivizes the woman's productivity, which incentivizes the man's productivity. And that's how you survive on the razor's edge. And that is not what we see in our society today. So sure, women can be picky enough to the point where what they're not seeking is not marriage, it's not partnership, it's not a relationship at all. They've made, they've made themselves so picky that what they are seeking is humanly impossible. Good luck finding yourself some kind of alien god, ladies. Well, Good or, luck. or look at it this way. And I guess if you're women are going right... to be picky, women should, should have to start with the manner in which men are encouraged to be picky. And that means be picky about who you become as you're growing up, as you're maturing. Be picky about who you are before you can be picky about who you partner with. Mm -hmm. Because that's what men have to do. Men have to be picky about who they are, who they become, how they are seen by others. They have to be picky about who they associate with. Because if they associate with the wrong guy, they can get into his blamed. trouble. They get dragged into his problems, right? And they so don't be... get an out yeah. of, oh, oh, I was groomed. No, they get nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, guys have to be picky about who they are. They have to be picky about themselves first. And if you can be picky about yourself first, then you find your worth being picked. And uh, yeah. then it doesn't bother you to get called a pick me because you can turn back to the person who calls you that and say, I, I've already been picked. You know, next, mm -hmm. next criticism, come up with something else. Um, um, and that's it. But, you know, because that's that actually, honestly, that's more projection. It's, it's what they want. Right. Is to be picked, to be saved, to, to find the perfect to utility rescued. that rescues them from themselves. And again, like going back to Jordan Peterson, I'm going to do this multiple times because it actually did aggravate me quite a bit uh, when he said this. Yeah, women have every right to be as picky as they want, but what they're picking has nothing to do with marriage, partnership, or building a life. Or what, love. What they're picking. Or love. Right. What, they're, what they're choosing to pick, but what they're choosing to be picky about has nothing to do with human connection. Therefore, and they can be as picky as they want in this, in this avenue but what they're pursuing is not a relationship. It's not a marriage and it's not a partnership. It's not anything. They are pursuing their own desire to be saved as a damsel. They are pursuing their own desire not to even live their own fucking life. That's, yeah. a, that's a lot of pickiness there. You, know, you are basically picking yourself out of freaking existence. Congratulations, but why should a man have to be part of that process? Good point. Very good point. You know, like, why why should he be involved? I, I, I honestly, like, Jordan Peterson says, women can be as picky as they want. And what I'm seeing is women are like, you know, I don't like these hands that I have. Whack! Yeah. Uh, I don't like these forearms that I have. Whack! I, I don't like this responsibility I have over my life. 
I mean, it feels like if I have arms and hands and feet, I'm expected to be responsible because I have these things. Whack, 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 whack. Yeah, sure. Women are picking themselves into being like a freaking self-mutilating, um, what is that one called? Uh, Venus de Milo. Yeah, that's like, that's <laughs> not the proper method of whacking off. <laughs> Okay, maybe I went a little too far for people <laughs> no, to you're, follow. You're right, though. Women, like women, do cut every, their nose off despite their face. They cut women. their legs off to make themselves. Um, every bit of pickiness of right. these women is a is a is a rejection of our own personal agency over their life. Is what I'm getting at. So sure, yeah, women can be as picky as they want. They can be so picky that they turn themselves into the most helpless non-entities possible. Because every bit of that freaking pickiness I see from these women is basically them saying, well, I don't have control over this, so a man needs to do it for me. Yeah. So I, a I'm man gonna... needs to be that much more strong and that much more powerful and have that much more money and be able to do that much more, be able to do some kind of psychological paranormal surgery on my own mind. It's we ridiculous. Got a, we got a relevant super chat. I'm going to read it. Okay. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll stop ranting. Okay. Dean Domino 25 gave us 1999 and said, well, you'll stop ranting momentarily, right? Dean Domino gave us 1999 and said, there is a MGTOW content I watch, and he, or I, I think he meant content creator, and he, he coined a pretty good term to describe the current dating market, hoflation. Men being told to settle for women 20 times heavier and 20 times more unpleasant than their grandmothers. I think that kind of fits with what you were saying. Or women yeah. are, are pretty much destroying themselves and then saying, pick me. Well, I, I mean, it's you not... know, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing now. Now pick me. Yeah, they're destroying themselves. I'm like a gigantic infant. You know, I can't even wipe my own ass. Now pick me. I'm, I'm utter and I am the utter embodiment of personal helplessness. Now pick me. Yeah. You know, and, and I see this. It's like, uh, do you ever get tired of lopping off your own agency there, lady, in order to appeal to something? Like, to be, in order to be even more picky about men? <laughs> that's, that, that's what's so hilarious about this. And um, uh, I wouldn't even go with the, the heavier and the, let's just keep it to actual moral and emotional and personality-based factors. They're expected to settle for a, a woman who now blames them for everything, expects them to solve every problem in their life, provide nothing, have all the money, create the lifestyle that she feels like she's accustomed or entitled to, him be every bit as attractive as she thinks she deserves, and she doesn't even like men or have mm -hmm. to understand how they relate to the world. Like what's you know that's not a partnership that's not a relationship let's not even let's not even call this a dating this is not even a dating scene this is just pure psychological deterioration on display you can't even tell women if if you deliberately create all of the conditions for a biological process to play out knowing it's likely to occur, occur that its result is something you did, right? If you create all of the conditions for pregnancy to happen, all of the, the, the conditions for conception to take place, you, you do nothing to interrupt those conditions, and you 
choose to create every single condition that 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 contributes to pregnancy and then you get pregnant you do not get to blame it on the guy you do not get to blame it on the baby but you can't tell women that because if they can't come up with an argument why they're not responsible they switch gears and call you a misogynist yeah I mean, there, there's a very few amount of women who don't do that, like who, who absolve all of this and don't engage in this. Like every time you say stuff like that as a woman, every time you cut away part of your agency, you make yourself less. And it's bizarre to watch. Yeah. And I'm, I'm now watching women on social media use the consent narrative as an argument against the existence of a child conceived by their own actions. Like, I took every action I could possibly take to make this happen, but I did not consent to it happening. Therefore, it is against my will. I hit myself in the hammer, or in the head with a hammer, but I did not consent to bleeding from the wound. Therefore, why? my blood is being taken without my consent. Why would anyone want to exist in this state? Like, it, you're not even a person anymore. Okay. Yeah. All right. I so think there that you we go. Have... Yeah, yeah, there you go. That That's me ranting. That's Hannah ranting. There you go. And Got a lot of ranting in. We we have solved the, the answer to the question that uh, I made our title. Um, where the New York Post clearly thinks that men are the reason that men are not dating. It's quite obvious that women are the reason that men are not dating. And women have a long way to go to ever again become the reason men are dating. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think men not dating is a necessary step in making that happen. Um... Because women are not going to be able to force men to date them. You can't order somebody to date you. We have a consent narrative to work with. You would actually have to overturn a lot of laws and policies to make that happen, right? And uh, and that would be too overt. You might be able to guilt trip people. You might be able to threaten, cajole, use false allegations, all kind of things. But eventually... Women are going to have to deal with the fact that men have turned their backs for legitimate reasons and address those reasons and engage in some personal growth and reform if they want relationships and children. And uh, so, although in the long run, if things stay this way, um, it's a bad thing, in the short run, you know, it's not necessarily a good thing, but this is a necessary step. Um, I hope, I hope that at some point we can at least get old school traditionalists who understand the importance of family and um, environments where people care about each other. Uh, you know, other besides family, people, environments where people care about each other and show love for each other, that uh, hopefully they'll recognize that well, women cannot expect men to carry the entire load 
of love and dedication and commitment, compassion and consideration in a relationship. That both sides of the relationship have to do that or it's not a relationship. And if we can just get that understanding across to that one faction, it'll spread. I hope. Um, okay, now I'm going to I'm going to go a little more pessimistic. I think that, con- that one of the issues with conservatives is they want pair bonding to happen within the construct that they have set out. And um, there are problems beyond just what's going on with women, because a lot of these problems are compounded by the technology that we're dealing with. And it may be that the way that conservative structure pair bonding is incompatible with technology as we have it now. So we need to have sort of an update in the rules. And I think that they're very much, and this is what I see over and over again. They have a particular formula, a particular framework, and they say, well, if you adhere to this, then it's fine. And part of that framework is of course, blaming men for doing all of the courtship and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, we can get to them and say, well, you need to start also holding women to account, but I'm not sure that they are in position to actually make the changes necessary to well, you how... Know, we... I, if feminists had said the same thing when they started the sexual revolution, it never would have happened. Because conservatives mm-hmm. did used to uh, hold women accountable. The reason the concept of slut-shaming exists is because at least conservatives were able to hold women accountable for their behavior and its effects on other people, historically. Not Mm. necessarily as accountable as they held men, but female accountability has diminished in our society over the last hundred years exponentially. Just Mm -hmm. unbelievably. Um, So I do believe that it is possible to reform the thinking on that. partly because of the history of of how relationships were and the history of how tradition operated and uh and partly because of the history of at least partial female accountability which has since been erased i do think we can get that back i think it's going to be a lot of hard work but it can happen i'm not saying it can't happen i'm saying that the mechanism by which it happened in a conservative sense is sort of very much gone, which was a, which was a central, like a, a, you know, a a religious um, centralizing force in God. And uh, like we, it's very difficult now to believe in God in the way that we did because our society, our world is much more defined by human um, endeavors now. Anything I don't know. I, I'm seeing a resurgence in the people around me in their belief in God. Um, mm. So it's it really depends on the person. Like there are people who will look at, um, for instance, the existence of your mobile phone, and say, "Well, if humans can make something like this, there can't be a God." And then there are people that will look at your mobile phone and say. If a creature exists that is intelligent enough to come up with something like this, God must have worked very hard on that creature's intelligence. That must be one heck of a God. And it just depends on people's attitudes. Um, Mm -hmm. I even see 
like spiritualistic kind of like the old 1910s uh, and 20s spiritualistic kinds of religions um, and even uh, family tradition paganism uh, seems to be like I'm running into a lot of religious people. Now I do run into a lot of um, atheists and a lot of people who think that atheism is the majority because they surround themselves with atheists and similarly with people who are borderline atheist. Um, I, I don't like to use the word agnostic because that's kind of a misuse of agnostic, but most of them would call themselves that. And, uh, and they think that uh, religion is dead because they, they either surround themselves with non-religious people or speak about religion in a way that discourages discussion of it among religious people like calling religious people crazy for continuing to be religious and stuff like that. Nobody's going to talk about their religion to somebody who thinks having a religion makes you crazy. Um, so I don't know. I don't think that mechanism is gone. And I also don't think it's the only way to achieve uh, the understanding of personal agency in women. Yeah, um, I would go with the second, not the first. But um, well, I, I, it would take a long time to explain what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, there's no shortage of people who are very deeply religious in my area. Yeah, um, and I, I will I say that. I wouldn't say that there there isn't a shortage. Um, I think that the connection between piety and responsibility and God, and women and God is definitely not there in the way it was. But um, I, I wanted to, before we, we continue... Can I just, uh, I wanted to um, tell everyone, um, because of the situation with Brian, I've been working on getting my own uh, and, and improvement in my internet so I can now actually do this, which has been recent. It's, they've brought in, um, oh, goodness, it's not Skynet, uh, Starlink. Yeah. <laughs> I've, we finally have Starlink in my area, so I have reasonable internet, so I can actually pursue this doing the streaming myself. And what I need is to get the equipment um, to do the rig so that I, when, if and when Brian has these issues again, I'm capable of, of stepping into the gap. So if you would like to help me out with that, I do have a very, um, a smaller little fundraiser just for equipment at feedthebadger.com slash support. That would be really appreciated if you would help me out with that so we can get that started. And um, back to you, Hannah. For whatever else you want to say? Well, I will point out one other thing. Um, because of the current situation with dating and relationships and lack of female agency, like we mostly have men in our audience. I know we have some women. We don't have very many women. But we do have a community that does what we're talking about. We don't treat women's accountability as a, as a separate lesser thing from men's accountability. We don't treat women's agency as a separate and lesser thing than men's agency. So if you want equality, not equity, but equality in being valued as a human being and recognizing, recognized as an individual who has an impact on, on your surroundings when you take action and when you um, express yourself in thoughts and, and beliefs and when you don't take action when you should and so on. Um, 
I would say joining our community is a good way to network with people who will give you that, who will be a part of your understanding of your agency and uh, who will appreciate your recognition of theirs. Um, that'd be our Discord. And I can never remember Badger how to Nation. tell people to get into it. BadgerNation.online. BadgerNation.online. So check out BadgerNation.online for a community that does not divide agency by gender. And with that, um, I read the one super chat. I don't think there... There were none before that, and I don't think there's been any since. So I'm going to go into Rumble real quick just to make sure I have all these tabs with things. Uh, no, no, no Rumble rants um, to read. Um... But, uh, well, actually, this one isn't a donation, but it's a point that really does need to be read out. Gopher61 pointed out, a double-edged sword. I would say that 40 years of men being raised by women only has taken toll. Fathers teach boys how to treat women. Um, man married for 52. Uh, many male jerks out there. So there's, there's part of this point is right on the money. Um, fathers also teach boys how to vet women. Uh, fathers will teach a boy when a woman is, is jerking his chain, when a woman is bad news, um, when a woman is conning him, might cheat on him, uh, might, might spend all his money and leave, and how important it is to have a partner and not just a decoration on your arm. Um... And there are there are plenty of jerks on both sides, um, and I think that does keep relation relationships from forming as well, because nobody wants to spend all their time with an asshole that isn't part of their own butt. But uh, but I would say the bigger problem is um, mothers teach their daughters how to have relationships with with boys. Uh, and fathers teach their sons how to have relationships with women. And if you take the father out of the picture, uh, you lose that. And at the same time, fathers teach their daughters what to look for in a boy by by personifying it or personifying the opposite. And mothers teach their sons what to look for in a woman by personifying it or personifying the opposite. But if a mother is doing trying to do the father's job and teaching boys how to have relationships she'll break his ability to learn from her what what he should be looking for in a woman. Uh, so we will see a whole set of issues come out of that. So yeah, single motherhood does destroy sons' ability to uh, form relationships with women. And single mothers also interfere more in a son's relationship with uh, any woman. I've noticed that as well. Um, that's it for Rumble. Let's look in the Discord. Um, okay, and there isn't anything for us to read out loud in the Discord. Uh, but we did get your message, Zapier. Um, so that's it. Thanks to everyone for, for listening. To it's, it's kind of a long sausage. Um, thanks, Allison, for participating and ranting uh good rants 
And uh, I guess thanks to the New York Post for giving us this fodder, this 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 cannon fodder, because the article really is not a great article, <laughs> but it was very useful to be able to read it. And uh, thanks to everybody who works in the background to make HBR talk happen. Good night, all. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.